You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Neil deGrasse Tyson. Welcome to the show. Who? I, I, you know, I've been around for two years, and I've never been on your show. Well, you know, well just well, I want to well, be clear. Well, We've well, had well. colliding black holes, an eclipse, well, no, space no, no. probes, Here, and you don't call, you don't here's write. Here's my thing. Here's my you thing. You don't text. Here's my thing. If you understand how time works, <laughs> it may feel like it's been two years, but under Trump, time has collapsed <laughs> onto itself, <laughs> and essentially. It's only been a week. Okay, okay. It's All only right. been a week. Welcome to the show. I'll give you that one. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, can I just say thank you for the eclipse? I believe that was courtesy of we you. We totally arranged that one. Yeah. America's eclipse. Right. That was brought to you by the scientists in, in, in America, in yeah? America, yeah. It only hit, it, the it, it totality hit only the continental United States right. and no other country. Can I ask you a question? When that's happening, do you walk around with a little bit of extra swag as a scientist? To I'm like, oh like, yeah. There's like, there's like, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, you got that <laughs> eclipse in your step. <laughs> no, but, but really, how hard do you geek out for an eclipse like that? No, it's good. It's, well, eclipses are more common than people think. Right. The press makes you throw rare eclipse. They happen every, you know, 18 months, every couple of years, somewhere in the world. Yeah, so, but somewhere not where we can see them, though. Like, no, it's where... It, so you so, go to it, you have an airplane. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you go to it? You go, <laughs> you go to the eclipse. No, I'm saying, if you care about them, you, I, got, I got people, I got people who've been to 10 eclipses. Oh, I mean, wow. yeah. If you care about the eclipse. Yeah. You know how you said it? You said it like you and the eclipse are in a relationship. That's how you said it. <laughs> well, if you cared about the eclipse, you would go to the eclipse. That's what you would do. Yeah, I'm just saying, this is, but 200 million people live within one day's drive of the path of totality wow. in the United States. So it may have been the most viewed eclipse ever in the history of the world. Let, let's talk about your tweet that you, that, that uh -oh. you sent out about the eclipse. Okay. Uh, you tweeted, odd, no one is in denial of America's August 21st total solar eclipse like climate change methods and tools of science predicted. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you this, Neil deGrasse Tyson, is an eclipse the time to politicize things? <laughs> Uh, it's not political if one speaks objective truths. Oh. I'm just saying. That's, uh, that's fancy talk for yes. Uh... <laughs> well, I just thought there's everyone organizing their lives around right. attending and viewing a, one of nature's great spectacles, and I don't see people protesting it. I don't see people objecting to it. I don't see people in denial of it, yet methods and tools of science predict it. So, so when methods and tools of science predict other things, right. to have people turn around and say, I deny what you say, there's something wrong in our world. Let, let me ask you this. How, how would you... Yeah. How would you convince me? So I come to you and I go, Neil, I do believe in science. I do believe in climate change, but I do not believe that it is man-made. I believe that it's changing. Uh, I don't believe that it's the man who's creating it. How, how do you try and convince I him? would show you the data that show it, that, that, that display it. And yeah, but it, those, but it, those it, are numbers. It depends on how you read the numbers, Neil. <laughs> yeah, so then you have another study that agrees with it, yet another, and another done in a different country with different people, with competing research groups. And if it all 
leans in the same direction, getting even approximately the same result, we are on top of a new emergent scientific truth. And if that's what you want to stand in denial of, fine, in a free country, you have that, you have the freedom to deny whatever you want. Right. But if you rise to power and base legislation on something that is not objectively true, that is the beginning of the end of an informed democracy. Let me, uh, let me go to, there's uh, one of, one of uh, my favorite chapters in the book is uh, the final chapter. And uh, not in a bad way, just like that's. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's because yeah. it's different. It's uh, reflections on the cosmic perspective. Oh, yeah, this right? is something we all have as astrophysicists. Right, yeah. and this is something that, I, that, I, that I, I really enjoy. You know, you speak about the universe here, and I'll, I'll jump to the part that really got to me. Uh -huh. you, you speak about the universe and how it's millions of light years from Earth and the galaxy and how it's expanding, and then you go, but who gets to think that way? Who gets to celebrate this cosmic view of life? Not the migrant farm worker, not the sweatshop worker, certainly not the homeless person rummaging through the trash for food. You need the luxury of time not spent on mere survival. That's a powerful quote to have in your book. That's a powerful idea to have is to almost identify that to a certain extent you have to be in a privileged place to wonder about the universe yeah. when you don't have to wonder about your daily life. Yeah, yeah. Searching for food, shelter, uh, is something that robs us of the limits of the creativity that the human mind can deliver. Right. And so I, I ended the book with that chapter as a, as a plea for people to think differently about our lives, take that cosmic perspective that you can only glean by looking at Earth from high up, from the edge of the universe and beyond. And so this is an, this is an entire, it's handpicked by the way, it's for people in a hurry. Right. This is not, it, I got, if, you're, if you are not in a hurry, I got other books for you, okay? <laughs> Thicker, <laughs> heavier books. This is, if you're in a hurry, this is, you, this, this is for you. Right. So um, it's fundamental, but it's real, it's not astrophysics for dummies. First, that title was taken. Right. But second, um, it's, it's real astrophysics. Don't right. think it's, uh, you're gonna still have to pay attention. You're not cutting corners. You're no, no, I'm not cutting happening. corners. Let, let me ask you yeah. this though. What, what would you say the importance is? So if I say to you, okay, Neil, I, I agree with what you're saying. There are people out there who do not have the luxury of pondering the universe yeah. and its expanse, but you would argue that it is important for people to consider that. I know you answered this in the book, but in your words, just in this interview, why? Why is it important for people to think of the universe as being larger than just what we see on Earth? I, at first, it's intellectually enlightening. But apart from that, if, if you think of Earth as our only place to be, as your life, as the only thing that matters, as humans, as the only species that you want to care about, this, that, this, that doesn't work. As, as a stable solution going forward. But when you look at it from above, culturally, scientifically, philosophically, then you realize that we have a connectivity to one another, to life on Earth, to the atoms across the universe. It is literally true, not only figuratively true, that the atoms that come from us are this, they came from this, the atoms in us came from the same place as the atoms that made the stars. You know where that came from? Other stars, as well as the beginning of the universe itself. It's not just figuratively true, it is literally true that we are stardust. And this connectivity, that's, that's almost spiritual. And if you come out of this thinking that differently about life, it can transform how you make decisions about the present and especially the future. Right. So for me, a cosmic perspective is, is a gift that 
uh, and, and it's, it's, yes, it hacks down to your ego, right? It's not good for human hubris. You will never find legions of astrophysicists waging war on other countries, leading people into battle. Right. Because we say, wait, hey, dude, that's Saturn up there. Let's take a look. Right. You know, and it'll, 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 battles become star parties, right? right. So, so uh, it changes how you think about and see the world. So it can have real ramifications. It's not just a point of curiosity that you have after you happen to have read the book. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, astrophysics for people in a hurry. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.